0: Ever wonder what the dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, Animal Communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication, or being a dog whisperer, makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dog's podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, no bull. Go to noblefoods.com. Use promo code DOGTALK15 and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs. We today are actually going to talk to a person who sort of talks to dogs. I'm so excited to have Rupert Fawcett, a very popular cartoonist. I would think practically every one of you knows who he is. If you go to my Instagram, I share his post, go to his own Instagram, go to his website. But before we start, like, or I start the, um, the sales pitch, it's not even a sales pitch because they're free to watch and brighten up your life. But I just want to introduce Rupert and get started. Uh, Rupert, welcome to, to the podcast. You. Um, Rupert has a background. Well, I'm going to ask you because when you and I were corresponding, we met on Instagram and you wrote back at one point that you, you do many other things. So I was, it made me curious how you introduce yourself. Because many of us are like, oh, I would think you would say I'm a dog cartoonist. But you are you are definitely more than that. So I'm just curious, how do you like to be introduced?
1: I would introduce myself as a cartoonist.
0: Just generally. Um,
1: cartoon. But when I said to you I do other things, I mean yes. I do other cartoon projects.
0: Yes. Um, and I so see-
1: off, off the Leash has kept me pretty busy now for a few years. But there are other things that I started that I created in the past, which took up all my time. And... A couple of those are still, are still part of my working life. Yes. Um, so, for example, there was a, a cartoon character called Fred who I invented many years ago, mm-hmm. um, in the early 90s. And Fred sort of became very popular for a period of a few years. And um, But Fred, although not so well-known now, is still ticking over. So I have a Fred card range and a bit of merchandise and things like that. Um, then there was another project I did called Daddy, which is about parenthood, that's still yes. ticking over. So I have a few other things apart from Off the Leash, but Off the Leash has pretty well taken up most of my time in the last few years.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I would think so. So as I started researching your work and you sent some photos, which I will include for people to see, you, you also are like, do dog portraits. I do. Yeah.
1: Well, in a completely different style. I mean, yes. anyone looking at them wouldn't know it's me because they're very fine pencil drawings. Yes. Um, Whereas, as you know, my cartoons are very simple, black and white, uh, clear, bold lines. So, yeah, it's very, very different. But I really enjoy the contrast. I enjoy doing both.
0: Well, it's interesting. And what I wanted people to hear about and it makes it more interesting because you don't really talk to dogs much. You said you have a young dog, but you capture so well you capture the essence of what's going on. Like where people, you know, you had the cartoon where people get off the couch and the dog steals the seat right away. I mean, we can relate to that. Anybody who has a dog can relate to what you capture in your cartoons. They're so real. And right now, so many people are you know, we're raising our dogs like they're our children, our firstborn in many ways, and where we're hyper aware and vigilant. And how do I do this for my dog? And And it has to be perfect. Whereas in your world of cartoons, we're just embracing that, oh, geez, I just got all comfortable on the couch. The phone rang. I had to go up and get it. I had to go do something. I come back and the dog's in my spot or whatever those things are that we can't control. But we don't really care because we love our dogs. So how do you do that?
1: That's from growing up with dogs. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up with, we had, we always had uh, a rescue dog in the family. Uh-huh. Um, just one at a time. We didn't have lots. And, um, there's a, there's a dog's home here in London called Battersea dog's home, which is very well known here a, a, in England. And, um, so we had dogs from Battersea mm-hmm. and, um, I'm, I'm a real watcher, I'm, a, you know, I'm an animal watcher, I'm also a people watcher, mm-hmm. and so I suppose just living with dogs, growing up with dogs, I just observed their behavior, and, um, and also the dogs of other people, yeah. um, like my mother always had, even after I'd left home, my mother continued to have dogs, um, one of my sisters has dogs, and friends and so on, so even when I didn't have a dog myself, I would always be observing dogs' behavior. Uh, I mean, we, now I do have a dog at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just behind me asleep on the sofa. I might try and introduce you in a minute. She's, she's had a busy day, so she's tired, but I'll, I'll try and introduce you in a minute. Um, so once again, you know, I'm just able to, to, to observe her in the home and uh, I enjoy that. And then I enjoy thinking about what they might be thinking, the thoughts that might be behind the behavior or, you know, just obviously they don't think in the same way that we do. Um, But I like to give them those thoughts.
0: This is why I knew you'd be so good is because you, yeah, because you want, you're so open. And it's like children, like when I had my first experience understanding a dog, you know, I was five years old and it was unexpected. I was just watching it show and tell. And I was overcome with this knowing sense. And I, and I sense that, you know, when you even said you just watched For people listening who want to better understand a dog, it does Mm. come from watching and just being open. Mm. And I think what you're saying, and correct me, when you start to make sense of what a dog might be thinking or saying is you're so accurate in terms of like relatability. It's like, oh gosh, what you wrote, that's my truth too, or that's somebody else's truth, do you think that that has to do with the fact that you are open to receiving it from the dog's perspective and you're not judging? You're just open to, I bet that dog wants such and such, like just receiving without prejudgment.
1: Yeah, I think I, think I, I am. Um, I'm just sensing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? You, you can sense a lot from dogs. Um, I can give you an example today. At one point, my wife gave the dog a little treat and I was watching her. And she sometimes she has this thing where if she gets a treat. I mean, talking about a big treat, not one that you instantly eat, but something mm-hmm. you chew. And her instinct is always to hide it. Mm-hmm. And I was watching her today and she was trotting around, you know, in the room. And, and, and I could sense that she even kind of whimpered a little bit, whined a little. And I could feel her fretting, uh-huh. uh, getting upset, trying to find... <laughs> The right place to hide
0: right. it. Right. It mattered so and, much. And uh, right?
1: and I could almost feel her, her kind of heightened anxiety of where am I going to hide this? And then yeah. quite often when she's hidden it, she's not quite comfortable and she'll go and sit somewhere, but then she'll go okay. back to the thing she's hidden a few minutes later. And it's it's like the whole thing puts her slightly on edge. Yeah. And then she doesn't really completely sort of calm down until she's eaten it.
0: Yes. And it's like yes. then
1: she can relax because she hasn't yes. got this property, this property anymore that she has to look after.
0: Interesting. Yes. So that's another thing. Like first you said, like you watch and then you you sort of know what they're thinking. But now you talked about a feeling. And for our listeners who are really trying to understand their dogs, like, oh, I'm going to try this intuitive animal communication, whereas you just do it naturally. But some people also get a feeling. And when I work with clients, I can say, Oh my sides are hurting i feel like whatever harness your dog is wearing is pressing into the sides and the wow. client and the client will say yeah i've been thinking i need to get a new harness she doesn't really like it but you're right there are straps and that's what i just want to share for people who are exploring this is that as as rupert said you we can sometimes get these feelings when we're open to them from our dogs and science is starting to explore it more and more but um i'm I'm interested that you notice that you get this sort of feeling i do
1: i do and and also i believe that we're all connected you know i believe they're all we're all part of the one yeah and so we sense we sense from, from from animals and
0: Yeah. Now your animals talk in the cartoons that you do from their perspective. And that's another reason, I guess, again, I'm a big fan, obviously, but you don't make it like baby talk or, you know, which some Uh, people do. You make this very much, you respect what they have to say. And so can you tell me about how you come up with your captions? Do they just flow out and you, or they're not really captions or dialogue.
1: I suppose it's really, thinking about what the dog could be thinking or feeling and not trying to express that in a kind of made-up silly doggy voice or, or a baby voice or you know whatever but it's expressing it as if they are an articulate human yes um and it seems to work
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i know you know There's more, people become more comfortable, especially in the last year with, you know, doggy language and the buttons. Are you, have you seen the buttons that people, oh my goodness. Um, I will send you a link on Instagram. Uh, What about bunny? There's Bastion. Bastion was on my podcast. These dogs that literally... Press the button that says walk. Bastion will go walk, walk, walk. help repeatedly, when it's urgent. And then his mom might say, She's a, the dog mom, you know, you just went for a walk, Bastion, wait. And he'll press walk, no, no, walk, uh, walk. And he will push back on her. And it's okay. fascinating. It's fascinating. I think you find it yeah. amusing but um yeah the point of that is respecting that dogs will often have an opinion that they do mm-hmm. want us to take seriously and in my experience and i'm wondering about yours what you've seen over the years when we respect them you know the whether it's a concern like your dog who can never really rest until the treat is fully consumed because she's so concerned about the hiding place being safe or uh, when we, as we respect our animals more and the messages that we're getting, the messages tend to come more frequently. I find. Okay. Have you you ever noticed that, that when, with the dogs that you've had a bond with, or you start to notice, okay, I see you looking at the door, I'll open it for you. Then the dog will do it more.
1: Um, I don't, I don't know if the dog... Well, our dog, uh, Daisy, does Uh it quite a lot already because I guess she knows that we're already quite instinctive and and so we will respond. Mm -hmm. If she goes to a certain place, we know what she wants. Um, You know, she has a bowl of water in the house, but at some point someone in the family put a bowl of water outside the kind of sliding doors in the living room outside and Mm -hmm. that now... Has become her preferred water. Oh. So whenever she's at the door, you know, she goes to the doors. So if it's cold weather, we have the, the windows closed, and she goes and starts whimpering. We know that you know she wants cold water from outside. Yes. Um, but also, I think it's so important, uh, you know, as as you know, that we respect what the dog wants. Uh, for example, with Daisy, you know, we've got a couple of beds for her. She's got one bed that she loves, where she because she's a whippet, so mm-hmm. she's thin. And, you know, she likes warmth. And so the, the, the bed we have we have for her, her preferred one, is she, she crawls into it. So she's covered. Right. She loves that. She's sleeping there for, for long periods of time. Sometimes she gets too hot. But apart from that, her other favorite thing, which she does several times a day, and it used to really, really annoy me. And then I thought, well, I've got to respect it, is that she wants to get up onto the sofa and climb up onto the cushions and be on the top. Right. And so I kind of all the cushions get squashed down and everything. So one minute, someone's puffing up the cushions and making it all nice and tidy. And a few minutes later, she's clambering all over them because she wants to be on the top. Right. And you know, I quickly realized there's no point in getting angry. This is a, this is a need she has. She has yes. a need to rest up high. And so yeah. we, we have to respect that and, and, and allow that. And I think that's just so important with animals, isn't it? That you sense what they need and respect it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I found in my work that, you know, there are certainly people who will say, oh, well, you know, show me, tell me what my dog can say. And I start with favorite things so that they know I'm talking about their dog. But then when I get to serious things like, oh my gosh, your dog says, you know, she misses a walk on a certain trail that I will get a picture in my mind and the person invariably says, oh yeah, I know that, yeah, I know walk. that walk. That's by the beach. And I, and they'll say, well, we're not going to, I'm not going to do that. And I feel like, well, what's the point of understanding what our dogs want if we're not going to respect it? Yeah. And yeah. So it's important. Um, I get this sense too, because I have a lab who likes that up top is that they like that sinking feeling of the cushion, the part that we hate, okay. it's that, that protection, you know, it's, it's, yeah. ex, it's extra, um, it's, extra support- soft. it's, it's soft, it's supportive. Yeah. And it also envelops them like the one that she digs into. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Something to think about.
1: Good point. Mm Good point. I was thinking more about the height rather than the softness of the cushion. So that's a good point.
0: Yeah. I've had dogs talk about um, what they like about the couch is not even so much the couch, but it's the sheet that somebody puts over it because they like that crisp feeling. There's so many nuances as we go deeper. And so, you know, I, I'm gonna be so bold as to give you a tip, but I want my yeah. it's most, it's for my listeners also, that yeah. when you get information, like Daisy likes the top of the couch, I always encourage people to then go back and say, tell me more, why is that so important? And it opens up like more mm. information that okay. she, that, that, so you have the awareness of height and you say, Daisy, Gosh, what else do you like about it? Is there anything else? And then you get this insights like, oh, I like the cushy. It reminds me of my favorite bed. But this is for listeners too. I yes, don't, I understand. I don't want to be bold giving you advice when I don't. I'm happy. I'm
1: happy to listen to advice.
0: I couldn't draw close to what you do, and, and I love when you have a new post. So I'm back to when I was reading about you. You, you were not an overnight success story you Mm -hmm. sent you sent out your cartoons you you thought i'll try and people said oh you know thank you until it finally hit and i love that story because you hung in there and i like that you know as you talked about rescue whether it's with a dog or a dog passion we often have to hang in there right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well when i first started out trying to trying to get going as a cartoonist i received um, over 80 rejection letters with my first creation. It wasn't, it wasn't dogs. This was, this was right. Fred. And um, I, I just kept sending photocopies of my cartoons to newspapers, magazines, publishers, etc. Mm-hmm. And I received literally over 80 rejection letters. But one thing that helped to keep me going was that some of the letters said, we like them, but they're not suitable for us. Or we thought they were funny, but blah, 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 blah. Right. So it wasn't totally negative. Yeah. And I kept going. And then one day, one publisher gave me some very good advice. He said, these aren't suitable for us. And really, to, to what to be honest, what you should not be doing is writing directly to publishers. What you need is an agent. Uh, so I didn't realize that. So I said, ah, OK. So then I bought this book, this handbook about publishing where in which everybody's listed. And I looked up agents. And I wrote to three agents to say, this is who I am. This is my work. Would you take me on? And within two days, all three of them wanted to take me on. Wow. So I said, sort of, ah, okay. Now, now we're going, now things are moving. And within two weeks, I had my first book deal. And, and then just things went from there. So, I mean, it's like you just giving me a little tip. It's so important to get these tips because they, they help us. They help us to progress on the journey. They help us, they help doors to open. And um, so yeah, so then before very long, I was able to earn a full-time living from from my work because if you come up with something a successful cartoon character, it you know it, it can be it, start, it usually starts off either in newspapers or magazines, um, but it can translate into various different things like greetings cards, T-shirts, you know, merchandise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so then I was, before long, I was able to earn a living from it. But one thing I always say, because I quite often get cartoonists or aspiring cartoonists writing to me, and I just always say to them, don't give up. <laughs> you will get yeah, rejection yeah. letters, probably. Don't let that put you off. Keep on trying. Keep on, keep on. And eventually, usually, if you're doing work that's, that's honest, and, you know, then um, eventually something will happen.
0: Yeah. And I think that goes with dogs too, whether with with fixing dog issues, you know, I'm definitely a dog advocate. The essence of my podcast is sharing information and stories that the dogs want people to know about. And I, and again, why I love your cartoons is they, they show the realities and that it doesn't have to be perfect in our home with the dogs, but it doesn't mean we have to give up. We can embrace the, the love and the realities that are often very amusing rather than being upset that our couch is getting ruined i have the same thing i'm always doing that and just just wash the blanket but so do you have any dog tips like all your experience because there's a lot of first time dog people in because of the pandemic
1: well um i i I, you know i don't consider myself to be a a dog expert of any kind at all um so i would hesitate to, to, to give anyone tips but I mean one thing I would say is because we got our latest dog just you know just under two years ago and I would just say to anyone make be absolutely sure if you're getting a puppy, be absolutely mm-hmm. sure that you have got the time, that you have got a suitable home, that you are able to take on this thing that is going to be full of energy, demanding, mm-hmm. a bit like a small child that's gonna chew the furniture and book. and and all sorts of things um you know be absolutely sure because one thing that has happened been happening a bit in the uk is that quite a lot of people got bought puppies during lockdown and they they didn't realize what they were taking on and it's you know they found it too much so puppies some are getting sometimes i mean some are being taken to rescue homes which is good but some sometimes people just let them go in parks and drive away or whatever so um I would say, I mean, probably most of the people who watch your podcast are very experienced people, dog owners, and very responsible dog owners. But I would just say to anyone who's not experienced, mm-hmm. think very carefully before you take one on. Um, and then, of course, as I said, you know, a dog is like a child. It needs love. It needs respect. It needs it needs nourishment. It needs nourishment in terms of food, but it needs need, needs nourishment in terms of contact and affection right. and recognition doesn't it it needs to be heard
0: conversation i love that it needs to be heard yeah conversation
1: it does it does and they and they it's interesting talking to you you know about this kind of almost psychic connection because dogs i keep seeing examples of and hearing examples of of how dogs they have that in abundance yes. with humans um, that they you think something and they pick it up you think maybe it's about time i gave her some dinner She's on her feet. She's in the kitchen. And I've done quite a few cartoons about that as someone maybe sitting on the sofa and thinking, I guess I better take the dog out in a few minutes. And suddenly the dog's on their chest.
0: Right. They know. It's
1: sensitive. They know. Yeah. And I'm sure you've heard lots and lots of examples of that.
0: I have. I I mean, I have kept my dog walker. He comes once a week just because I want to keep him walking my dogs and during the pandemic yeah. and I could afford it and they liked it. So he comes once a week and I tell you, they know which day he's coming. They will be at the door. He comes at eight by seven They're at the door. They're at the gate. They're waiting. Even if I've been in bed, I will hear them waiting. So it, it's been amazing to see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, I do the connection. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. And also just, a little plug on people getting dogs in the rescues is that when I was doing rescue dog placement, people will get attached to a dog. Like, Oh, that's the dog for our family. And, and they have trouble listening to whether it's their own gut feeling or a family member or the, the rescue person saying, you know, based on what we know, this is not the dog for you. And so I just want to give that um, nudge of encouragement to somebody who may feel like we didn't get the dog we want. Well, maybe be open that the best dog ever for you is going to be the next one that comes yeah that happens and you want to match people with the dog that really is the best fit for their living situation yeah so okay well you let's invite daisy if she wants to we don't want to disturb a sleeping dog but
1: well i will have to disturb her but it's okay she'll get over it
0: okay well daisy
1: I'm, i'm gonna dig her out of her her closed bed. I won't even try and show it to you because you can't see her at all. This is a mound outside, So I'll get her. Okay. Daddy, what are you doing?
0: Hi, Daisy. I'm Liz. Oh, hello. Gosh, I love. I do love your markings, and people comment all the time. Daisy, I'm Liz. I'm an animal communicator. And I would like to find out if there's anything that you want to tell people or tell Rupert. Hi, I see your blinky eyes and your source sort of got a smile there. Yes. Daisy, do you want, can you st- tell us one of your favorite things? He already told us about the treats and, and your guarding. Um, so you get stressed by guarding so you want to make a deal on where you can have your special place i guess so what she's showing me is that there's a sometimes she doesn't have access in the house to where she wants to hide her things that so she oh. so like a door gets shut and she can't get in there or it's a it's something is shut where she would prefer to hide this
1: And well, she that's, wants very, that's very interesting because the, the we have a stair gate, we have the kind of main living area, which is at the top of our apartment, mm-hmm. which is a kind of kitchen, and open plan living room and so on. And quite a lot of the time we keep a, a stair gate closed because on the two floors below we have two Burmese cats. Mm. Now, she quite often goes for the cats, not in an aggressive way, but in a playful way.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: they, they interpret it as aggression and they run and, you know, escape they have a few places where they can hide safely right but quite a lot of the time we keep this stair gate closed because we don't want her going down and hassling the cats so right. that could be right. what that could be what you're picking up on I think I'll put her down she's a res- bit restless that's
0: fine she's uncomfortable I see that but she's 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 like I'm not done I think when when she goes downstairs She wants to hide something downstairs and that contributes to her stress on trying to hide it because she feels down there. And she said the cats get in her way. And so that creates this. I feel this. I like to just I sort of feel this swelling in her that she can't get to where she wants to hide it. And then she's extra aggravated because the cats are there and she would appreciate if we can get this sorted out.
1: Okay, well, uh, what we'll do next time we give her one of those treats, I'll open the stair gate and see if she goes straight downstairs with it.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting. It might alleviate at least having the choice that she's not confined with it.
1: She's not confined to one space.
0: Yeah, because it it builds up this energy. I can feel this anxiety in her um, that increases it. And then it makes it hard to enjoy the treat. So the treat becomes a pressure situation.
1: Yeah, okay, well, that's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I work. For those of you new, I know people like to hear that part. I'm glad you were open to it. Um, do you have any questions?
1: I can't think of anything at the moment, but maybe I could, if I think of anything, I can get it back in touch with you.
0: Perfect. So I, and I do tell people, I answer all my own DMs. So if, if someone has a question about animal communication, because it really is my mission to help people open up, Um, their own bond connection with their dog and get better at receiving the information and trusting it so that they don't have to worry and it doesn't have to be too late. Um, Oh, I wish I'd done something sooner. In yeah. ch- ch- whether it's changing dog trainers changing dog food or something even bigger um, wow. I, w- I want to help people figure that out um, how they can trust good, their good. dogs but I want to thank you everyone go check out these comics they're so great and and your other work because it's fascinating to see the difference of what you do
1: thank you I'm also on Facebook
0: yes yes
1: that's, so- where I, that's kind of where I launched off the leash a few years ago Mm-hmm. I have quite a big following on Facebook and I've only gotten to Instagram for quite recently, but it's, it's going, it's going well.
0: And so I will put your Facebook link in the notes so people can follow you on Facebook as well as Instagram.
1: That would be great. Thank you.
0: And do you have mugs? Have you uh, done kind of licensing?
1: No mugs at the moment. I do greetings cards. Right. My greetings cards are available on, on online.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have people look, but I would think there's an interest for the merchandise. So um, I'll just have people stay tuned for whatever else you have coming.
1: Okay. Great.
0: So listeners, thank you for joining us with Rupert Fawcett of Off The Leash Cartoons. They are so entertaining. They are so real. And I hope that they nudge you to continue talking and listening to what your dog wants you to know. I'm Liz Murdoch. Follow me at Instagram, Talking With The Dogs. And if you want to go deeper and find out what your dog wants you to know, you can go to my website. You can book a session. You can sign up for a class. But whatever you do, I hope you will go out and talk with your dog. Thanks for joining me today at Talking With The Dogs. If you'd like to work with me and find out what your dog wants you to know, both at home and in the workplace, go to talkingwiththedogs.com, book a session or sign up for a workshop. Either way, I hope you'll talk and listen to your dog.